Welcome to the Park Road Talk Back Podcast. Today's podcast is a conversation with Russ Dean, co-pastor at Park Road Baptist Church with Amy Jackstein, about his new book, Finding a New Way Home, The Unlikely Path of a Reluctant Baptist Renegade. I'm Bruce Holliday, Director of Communications at Park Road, and today Russ will be talking about the inspiration for his latest book. Hello, Russ Dean. Thank you for joining this afternoon. Uh, it's good to talk to you. Bruce, I always enjoy our conversation, so thanks for thanks for this. It'll be fun. It will be. So this will be the, the first uh, episode in a series of podcasts that we're going to do about a new book that you've written entitled Finding a New Way Home. And in the uh, foreword, you said that this is your story uh, of your inspiration, or you tell the story of your inspiration for this book. Uh, could you tell us a little bit about how this came to be? Yeah, sure. Um, I, I've enjoyed writing this book. It's been a really interesting project for me. It started about 15 years ago. Um, we have a nice ecumenical group uh, of pastors right here on Park Row. We're within about a mile of each other. There are six churches um, for 20 years. We've gotten together monthly for lunch and mostly just a social time. We share what's going on in our churches. Um, we get to know each other in that time. And about, I don't know, 15 years ago, the Episcopal priest down the street um, said, you know, Russ, you're not what most of our people think of when they hear the word Baptist. Come talk to us about how you got where you are from where you started. And that's how all of this began. And um so I sat down to prepare a one-hour Sunday morning, basically Sunday school, with the adults at uh, Holy Comfort Episcopal Church just down the street. And I was able to identify nine experiences that I had had. And all of these, basically, I, I could summarize in one phrase or one sentence that I had heard in a sermon, in a lecture at, uh, in college, in a speech somewhere. Um, and so I wrote those down and I said, you know, these, these were pretty clear markers for me. I didn't have to labor over that. Uh, when I sat down, they really just kind of came out. And so I had these nine markers. I shared them with the Episcopal group that morning, got some really interesting kind of response from those folks. And that began kind of churning in my head, and I kind of kept it uh, rumbling around. And then, I don't know, um, five, six, eight years later, I, I thought, well, let me take that and see if I could turn that into a book. And so I basically wrote a chapter out of each of those nine experiences. And because that progressing theology, that development of theology, really is something that I have worked out as a pastor of a local church, my congregation has um, has heard this developing theology in my preaching, I thought, well, I wonder what it would be like to include a sermon um, that really expresses kind of these aspects of theology and uh, how I have kind of worked out my ongoing theology from the pulpit. Um, and so I went back through, whatever, 15 years of preaching and uh, found sermons that I didn't write for the for the book, obviously, um, but that related to each of those chapters. Um, and so each chapter of the book is one of my experiences and a sermon that kind of relates to that part of my experience, that part of my theology. So that's how and, this book has come about. And you describe this book as a memoir of your journey in faith. I, I thought there's an interesting line in the foreword. You say you've managed to stay within the realm 
of organized religion. And that's that's a little surprising coming from a Baptist pastor um, that there is there was ever a question that you would manage to stay within the realm of organized religion. Can you talk a little bit about what it's like to be on a journey of faith within the church? Yeah, and, and I also say in the book somewhere, Bruce, that um, I actually have never— I have personally never thought I would leave faith. I have never been really um, challenged to leave the faith or leave the church. Um, but but I do know that there have been so many people who have asked the kind of questions that I've asked, who've had some of the struggles that I've had, and and they have left the church. They have found that the church has not given them room um, to explore those questions, um, and they've walked away. And I, I think I've said this to our congregation a number of times. I've written about it and talked about it. I feel like I've had um, a, a calling, and, and I feel like this is increasing, a calling to people who have left the church because of the church. I, I think that's sad. It's it's sad for me to have to admit that there are so many people, but I keep running into people who have left the church because of the church and because the church hasn't allowed them room. Um, and I talked to people, I've talked to a few folks. I had a phone call this morning from somebody in the church and he said, you know, your book has helped me um, to identify some of the struggles I've had, but I'm in the church and I'm in a church where I can't talk about these questions. And he said, I, I haven't dealt with some of the issues you've talked about since I was in seminary mm. because I can't ask these questions in my context. And yeah. it was really sad for me to think about how many ministers there are who go to seminary and we get challenged and it's just a grand time of exploration. And then how many ministers go from that wonderful exploration of faith in seminary back to churches where they have to, as this pastor said to me this morning, toe the party line. They have to give the careful Sunday school answers because that's all their people can handle or all their people want them to, to, to deal right. with. And I find that very sad. And in that kind of environment, it's not surprising to me that people who want to explore feel like they have no choice but to walk away. And the, subtitle, the subtitle of the book is The Unlikely Path of a Reluctant Baptist Renegade. And, <laughs> and I didn't choose this path. It's, it's an, an unlikely path for me, the son of a Southern Baptist minister. My mother also went to seminary. I was raised in a very religious home. It's an unlikely path. And, and the truth is, I'm a really a reluctant voice in that I didn't set out to be a renegade. I didn't set out to be some kind of radical voice for liberal Christianity or anything like that. It's just, I've just been tried to be true to the experiences that I have had. Um, and that's, that's where I find myself. And so I find myself trying to just share my story and that for me, I have been able to ask those questions and remain within the church. You say that you frequently hear, not from just ministers, but from lay people, about their bad experiences with the church writ large. What sort of things do people talk to you about that has led them away, in a, in a sense, from the church? I, I think mostly it's a, a kind of general, general sense of God being too small, of doctrine being too um, dogmatic, just no room to explore any other ways of thinking. 
Two, two experiences I'll try to share quickly. Years ago, I was in the hospital and I struck up a conversation with a woman we just met in the hall. I don't know how we ended up talking, um, but she had shared with me that she and her husband had been very actively involved in a, a Southern Baptist church, and they were actively involved in a young adult Sunday school class at the time when a lot of the women were getting pregnant. And she said, you know, every week it seemed like I had to come to Sunday school and listen to someone say, oh, we're pregnant and God has blessed us with this pregnancy or God has blessed me with a child. She and her husband were trying and they could not get pregnant. And she said, the more I listened to people say, God has blessed me, the more I heard and God has cursed me. Um, right. And that kind of idea that God literally kind of sends these blessings and curses on people. Um, and she finally just she just had to walk away. She couldn't bear the pain of hearing that God had blessed someone and not her. And she couldn't find any way to make sense of that. Um, and so I, that's one story. And another is um, not long after 9-11, I had a phone call from someone who said I was sitting in my Sunday school class uh, Sunday morning and the teacher said something like, well, you know, we know all Muslims are going to hell because the Bible says. Mm -hmm. um, and he said, I, I, I'm just struggling with that. That just, I know what the Bible says, but he said, that just doesn't resonate with me about the love of God and what I know. And, um, and this is an educated person in an educated small town church who didn't have any way to talk, any way to respond to that kind of, um, of statement. And I just think there's so many people who deal with that, Bruce, and they just they don't they haven't been given any kind of language to talk about the Bible and faith in any other ways than the very wooden literal ways. You know, if you can point to a text in the Bible and quote it, well, that's it, you know. Um, and so those are two very specific examples, I think, of um, of, of people for whom the church just wasn't big enough for them. What do you think your book offers to the skeptics or doubters who have given up on Christianity? And, and you talk about finding a, a new way home. What is, what's in this book that you think will be of help to those people and, and kind of reconnect with the Christian faith? In, in one word, Bruce, I would say honesty. Yeah. I, I, I spoke to a church um, after I had, had done my presentation down at the Episcopal Church. I was asked to speak during a Lenten uh, lunch program at another, at a Baptist church. And I, I basically shared that same hour-long presentation. So it was here are these nine experiences I've had. And when I was when I stepped down from the podium in this fellowship hall, uh, the pastor, who was a friend of mine, I stepped down. He was coming up and he said to me kind of under his breath, I can't believe you said all that out loud. <laughs> and, and I immediately turned around and said, can I can I say something to your congregation? And I, I stepped to the point. I don't know whether I embarrassed him. I don't know whether I kind of called him out. But I said, I want to tell you what your pastor just said. He said, I can't believe you just said this out loud. And I said, one thing that my church knows is that I have promised them that I am going to be honest with them about who I am and about what I believe. And I said, I have promised them that if they don't want to know what I believe about whatever, the, the current issue of the day, what I believe about the resurrection, the virgin birth, whatever. If you don't want to know what I really believe, don't ask me because I have made a solemn <laughs> promise to you that I'm going to tell you. Um, 
And I think there are people in the church that are afraid of that kind of honesty. And I think there are people out who have left the church who left the church because they needed that. And so right. I think for a lot of people just to hear, oh, my gosh, here's a Baptist minister who will talk about, is God all powerful or not? How do we make sense of that? And those right. claims of the church that we've always said we believe this um, Here's somebody willing to talk about a struggle with that kind of thing. And so I just think the the honesty of asking the questions um, and I don't I don't come down in a traditional place with all of those things. But I have been able to ask those questions and find room to be in the church. So I, I think honesty is the way forward for us. And I think so many people just need the space to be honest with their own questions, their own doubts. Um, and so I, I think in a way, I guess I have modeled that for people. So it sounds as if um, you are very adamant that there's room in the church for doubt and for questions and for uncertainty, which, you know, I think a lot of us would view Christianity as some sort of certainty or it's um, there's just not room for questioning what's in the Bible or what's heard from the pulpit, but you you say there is room, there is a place for that kind of conversation and those questions. Yeah, we we have really in in the in the corner of the Christian world in which I was raised, which was solidly even uh, evangelical Christianity. Um, Jesus Christ is the only way, um, and that that that's the world in which I was raised. We we were taught to believe that faith really comes down to believing the right things, the intellectual assent with the right kind of understanding of, you know, who is Jesus and how are we saved and where is heaven and how do you get there? And, you know, the, the very literal kind of understanding of doctrines, um, in in some work of Marcus Borg, who has has now died, but uh, we've read a number of Marcus Borg's books, and I appreciate his approach. He says believing is the least part of faith, and this was either a chapter of a book or an essay he wrote called "Beyond Belief," um, and. We really have made Christianity in this part of the world about thinking right between your ears. Um, and I think faith, th the Greek word for faith, has much more to do with trust than it has to do with intellectual assent. Um, and so it, it is a conviction of our heart. It is a movement of our spirit. Um, and there's so much room for exploration in that and um so I, I, I want to help people understand there's room for lots of ways to think about the doctrines. And, and one thing I've, I've, I've done over the years is talk about the wide variety of belief in the early church. Um, and, uh, you know, a lot, th those beliefs were in a way solidified in the um in the fourth century with, with some councils uh, um, and, you know, the virgin, the doctrine of the virgin birth and the Trinity and, and all that. But there, there was for the first 300 years of Christianity, a wide range of understanding of who is Jesus and divinity and humanity and all that kind of stuff. Um, and the truth is there's always been a wide range of thinking, even though 
orthodoxy was kind of defined in those fourth century councils, um, there's always been a divergent thought. And all you have to do to know that is to go talk to people. And I think in conservative churches and liberal churches, you've got people with a wide range of understanding and belief. And, and so I think we need to get comfortable with people people's intellectual assent to ideas right. being different. And we can still come together um, around the, a, a commitment to our conviction. Amy and I at, at Parker Road Baptist Church talk about the love of God and the way of Jesus, the love of God and the way of Jesus. That is our understanding of Christianity. And boy, there's a lot of room for talk about, you know, the so-called Christian doctrines within th that kind of parameter. Yeah, I think what I particularly enjoyed about the book is the 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 very clear understanding that this is a journey in faith for you. That that this just didn't descend upon you in a nice, neat package at one precise moment, as you say in your book. Do you think that people expect too much certainty from their faith, and they expect it to happen too soon? Do you think this book somehow gives people permission to? to uh, explore more or take longer or, or just find their own way. Back to what I was just saying, I think a lot of people have been, con have been taught, have been conditioned that if you are a person of faith, you will have certainty. That's right. part of what it means. And so if you, if you don't have, as soon as you start having any questions, there's self-doubt. And, um, or if you, if, if you dare to stand up to those questions and ask those questions, then then the critique becomes of the church. So the finger gets pointed one way or the other. Um, and I just think we've got to help people move beyond that need for certainty. I like to think of faith as a road we walk rather than a place to stand. You know, we talk about the solid ground of faith and all that. I, 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 kinda, I get that. And yet I, I think an active road of walking and constant moving and constant questioning and asking, isn't that better than just standing still anywhere? I've heard conservative Christians say stuff like, well, if you ask those questions, it's a slippery slope, you know, and well, I think that's probably right. I've probably been on a slippery slope, but boy, it has kept me moving. Um, and isn't it better to be active and moving um, than just just standing still, going nowhere. And okay. um, so I, I want to encourage people, keep moving, keep on the journey. And, um, you know, 10 years from now, if I write the book again, I don't know what other experience, experiences will come, but I certainly hope they haven't ended for me with the nine that I've outlined in this, in right. this book. Yeah. Well, I look forward to talking about the, uh, the rest of the book, chapter by chapter. In the meantime, how do people find the book? Or well, if you're in Charlotte, I'd encourage you to contact me. I've got some books here and I'd love to get one to you. Um, if you're not in Charlotte, the best way is uh, by, by Googling Good Faith Media. Um, th that's who published the book, Good Faith Media. And so you can go to their website. You can also find the book on Amazon. Um, I, I guess I'd encourage people to go to Good Faith Media. Those are some good Baptist folks there who started a publishing uh, company. I'd like to support them. But those two options, um, uh, or as I say, call me. Um, I think there's information on our church website uh, and certainly about how to contact me. So um, th there, there are a number of ways you, you can get a hold of the book. Excellent. Well, thank you so much for uh, getting us started on this journey through your book, and uh, look forward to our next conversation about Chapter One. Thank you, Bruce. Me too. Thanks a lot. Thank you.
A quick reminder, if you'd like to learn more about obtaining a copy of Russ's book, Finding a New Way Home, you can find that information at the Park Road website, parkroadbaptist.org, under the Resources tab. Thank you for listening today. We invite you to share this podcast with your friends and family. They can find it on the Park Road website, or you can listen and subscribe to the podcast via iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, or TuneIn. That's it for this week. From all of us at Park Road Baptist Church, thank you for listening today. Grace and peace to you.